Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Brain 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 Pacific Time, 7.40 Mountain Time, 8.40 Central Time, and 9.40 Eastern Time. Thrilled to have you along with us this morning. If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on an app that is called SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcast through by putting in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90, or Frank Lomas, The Solutions, The Digit for Anti-Aging. And these calls are archived back more than 11 years. Thrilled to have you along with us. For you, those of you that might be listening on a podcast, you can catch us live at 712-775-8972. And when it prompts for the passcode, put in 910022 to join the call. We would be thrilled to have you along with us. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon, welcoming you to the call. And when you're first starting out with that TR90 program, since it's a lifestyle change, starting off with a good clean lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein, and at least three of those meals. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is best, but if you're not able to do that, take them with your meals. It'll they'll still work. It's just not quite as effective as it would be if you could take it beforehand. Getting seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day, that will give you macronutrients, micronutrients, and fiber, which are all key to good nutritional health. Guys should be getting about 45 grams of fiber daily. Ladies, we need to be getting about 32 grams of fiber daily for good digestive health. You should be drinking plenty of water to stay hydrated. The current thinking is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking about 50 ounces of water daily. And start with wherever you're at and gradually build up to where you need to be. If you're in a hot, humid area or you're exercising heavily, you'll need to increase that significantly to offset what you're losing through body moisture. Seven to nine hours of good quality sleep a night. Highly recommend that. Um, that actually, your body does a whole series of what I like to call system resets while you're sleeping to get you really set up for the next day. And... I find that it's really important. So with that being said, I'm going to be sharing some information today with you out of a book that is called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It's written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, MSL. And we started diving into obesogens last week on Friday, and I wanted to make sure that um, we got in, really got through most of that today. So, so the next obesogen, so we've already covered, let's see, we've already covered some estrogens, phthalates, atrazine, and organophorines. Today we're going, jumping into tributylin, Butylin, or TBT, is not as 
a well-known compound. It is particularly agarious when it comes to obesity. TBT is a fungicide used in planting or used in painting chips to prevent rotting and keeping barnacles from sticking to the hull. Because it's on boats, it's also in our general water supply, meaning that everyone is exposed to it. When it comes to making fat, TBT does double duty. First, it mimics the signals that tell the fat cells to multiply, and second, it activates the cortisol metabolism so that more visceral fat accumulates. Bad news all around. Worse yet, a single exposure for a pregnant rat promotes fatty liver in her offspring right at birth, dooming them to life a lifetime of obesity and metabolic syndrome. Although we can measure TBT in human urine, so we know we're exposed to it, the jury is still out whether TBT is a primary driver of obesity in either children or adults. Smoking and air pollution, those are our next two. Everyone knows that smoking is bad news, yet despite the Surgeon General, Luther Terry, declaring that smoking was harmful for health back in 1964, it took 30 years for society to care enough to do anything about it. Why has society enacted these changes now? Thanks to the rights of the non-smoker. We now have no smoking laws in public buildings, all of this because of secondhand smoke. And no one suffers more than the unborn child. Cigarette smoke harbors a host of ugly compounds, one of which is theocyanate, cyanate, a relative of cyanide. Theocyanate inhabits the function or inhibits the function of the thyroid gland and is known to reduce thyroid levels in school-aged children whose parents smoke. This might alter cognitive performance in school. Worse yet, theocyanate crosses the placenta to the fetus and is also found in breast milk. Cigarette smoking is a well-known cause of SGA, small for a gestational age, in newborns, as elaborated in Chapter 7, which we talked about a long time ago. In SGA infants are at a high risk of developing obesity and metabolic syndrome later in life. But the chemicals you breathe in every day could be even more insidious than someone smokes. One of those sobering associations and one that might play a huge role in worldwide obesity and diabetes. Pandemics diabetes and the diabetes pandemics. It's air pollution. There is no question that obesity and diabetes rates have increased aggressively in industrialized countries. The counterpart to the calorie is a calorie argument is that now we drive everywhere instead of walk. So we don't burn the energy, another dogma to be shattered. We've long known that asthma, obesity, and diabetes like to congregate in the same individual. Several new studies have shown that living near freeways or other highways is a major risk factor for developing all three. A long-term study of 10-year-olds in Southern California showed that the level of traffic within 150 meters of a child's home predicted the child's BMI by 18. 
What is not clear is whether the air quality has had direct effects or whether the degree of traffic altered the child's level of physical activity and thus promoted weight gain. This whole book is about obesity pandemic. A pandemic it is, but when we talk about pandemics, we're usually talking about some contagion such as influenza, plague, Ebola, or something equally worthy. The pattern of obesity uh, propagate looks like propagation looks like some grand exposure. It could be due could it be due to some sort of infection. Enter the endovirus dash thirty six or add thirty six. This virus starts out by giving you standard cold symptoms, then takes over your fat cells. Add thirty six does just what some of the EDCs do. It differentiates your fat cells and makes them divide. Standard transmission studies have shown that infection of monkeys with ad 36 makes them gain weight. And like other endovirus or respiratory infections, ad 36 is contagious through coughing and sneezing. For obvious reasons, proving causation in humans is a little harder to do. However, ad 36 antibody levels correlate with BMI in certain populations, particularly children. In one study, 15% of obese children were ad 36 positive compared to 7% of normal weight children. But within the obese population, those who were ad 36 positive weighed on average 35 pounds more than those who were not. This suggests that ad 36 might make the obese get obeser but all of these correlations are still not causation. We have a long way to go before we can prove that ad 36 is a bona fide contributor to human obesity. I could go on and the list of offending agents seems endless and of course, let's not forget the ubiquitous toxin of them all, fructose, the evil queen slash witch of this story, peddling the poison we just can't get enough of. No one can escape the EDCs. These EDCs are everywhere. We've got toxins in the water, plastics, grocery store, and in the very air we breathe. Rebecca may have been affected by obesogens in her bath gel. Indeed, even animal species that drink our water, breathe our air, eat chow made from the same adulterated foodstuffs, corn and soy are also getting fatter. We still don't want to try to argue the obesity is due to gluttony and sloth, do you? The obesogen hypothesis makes two important points. First, susceptibility to obesity is part of the human animal condition. These chemicals love to make fat cells. The fat cells love to get filled. Second, obesogens can alter developmental programming of fat cells or the hypothalamus in utero. Thus change the set point for gaining weight as early as birth. Even though the exposure might end, the damage appears to last forever. And there are more of them around today than ever before. Finally, back to our obese six-month-old, soy infant formulas are packed with these compounds and consuming soy formula is a well-known contributor to weight gain. The 
formula isomil is 10.3% sucrose, Coca-Cola is 10.5% sucrose, it's a baby milkshake. Add to that the genistein in the soy formula and put all of that in a baby bottle containing bisphenol A or BPA. Is that six-month-old looking more like a perpetrator or a victim? How can we reduce our exposure to EDCs? Sadly, reducing such environmental exposure usually requires governmental legislation, public health, and public health intervention. Does any government agency have the stomach for that? We'll address the public health implications of obesity pandemic in the next section. So with that, I'm going to call it for the end of today for today. Um, tomorrow we'll be getting back the Empire Strikes Back response of the food industry, just so that you know what we'll be getting into tomorrow. Hope you have a great day. Make sure to get your 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week. And we'll see you back here again tomorrow. This is Susan Mann for February 20th, 2023, signing out. Wishing you a great day. I welcome any thoughts or comments you may have. And at the top of the hour, if you see over to Facebook One Team Global Line, one of our leaders will be sharing some information on how to build a new student business if that's something you're interested in. And there we have it, my friends. Some of those toxic chemicals that are causing us to become fat. If there's no other thoughts or comments, I am going to let everybody go for today, and I'll see you back here again tomorrow. Have a great day. Everybody.